this, this time of year, we're wrapping, uh, we're, we're getting ready uh, for Christmas. And hopefully, you are someone uh, who has pretty much done all of your Christmas shopping right about now. Uh, because if you're not, you're in trouble. Because um, I, I, I know, I, I've felt that before. I, I've, the, when you start getting into the teens and into the 20s of December, leading into Christmas, the stores get nuts. It's a little bit hard to find the thing, the perfect thing for the certain people. So like hopefully by now, you have most of your gifts bought, or at least you know who you're, like, you know what you're getting and kind of like come into the final days of planning all of that, right? The, this, this made me think of a, a situation. Um, my mom and dad a few years ago, they asked me what I wanted for Christmas. It was my first year in the seminary. Uh, and just in setting up my room and kind of putting things right, I noticed in my, in my friends' rooms that they had statues. They might have had a statue of a, per, a particular saint they were devoted to, the Blessed Mother. Well, I, I wanted to get just a statue of the Blessed Mother. So I, I was planning on it. I, I, I usually send my mom my little list, you know, like, I still, I still make sure that Santa gets my list, you know. Um, but I, I decide, I'm like, I'm going to send my list to make sure that they get it to Santa and everything happens the way it's supposed to. Um, and on that list, I had said I wanted to get a Mary statue. Well, in particular, I wanted one that I had seen at a particular store and it was at the Abbey, it was in the, in the gift shop, and it was a really beautiful statue. And my mom only saw a Mary statue. So what she decided to do was she ordered a Mary statue. Well, when she got it in, it wasn't quite what the picture online looked like. Let's say it that way. When she got it in, she started looking, and it looked a little bit like Mary um, had her face painted. Uh, she, had, she was wearing some serious makeup, right? Like it, was like it was like the makeup that I think of like my grandma whenever she would get ready for church. She used to take the, the lipstick and put it on her cheek and then rub it in. And get that nice rouge look, you know what I'm saying? And that, like, if that's you, congratulations, all right, that's beautiful, and you can pull it off. But the Blessed Mother, I don't think she had some, I don't think she had some lipstick. Like, they had blue eyeshadow on Our Lady. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think she was pulling off the blue eyeshadow. Her robes were not like a toned down, beautiful blue. It was like electric blue. Like, it was like, this thing is going gonna, is gonna to glow in the dark kind of blue. So when my mom saw it, she kind of freaked out. Like, she was like, I don't think... I don't think this is what he wants. She was expecting a certain thing and got something else, right? Ultimately, he got me a statue, and, and I, that statue's still in our chapel in the house, and she's traveled with me all through my time in the seminary. Beautiful, beautiful statue. But that, that, that gift exchange, that buying of a gift and getting what you don't expect in the mail, I, I know... I've tried to go on Amazon and buy like the budget stuff and it comes in and it's not what I expected. It's, it's cheap plastic, it's falling apart, it's just not as, it's not, it's not the good stuff because I went to Amazon and went off a picture and I didn't read the reviews so I didn't get what I expected. A lot of times our expectations can limit what we receive. Our expectations can change what, how we feel about what we get. Today in our Gospel, we hear, they're quoting the, the prophet Isaiah, which is our first reading today as well. 
And in this prophecy from Isaiah, we hear that there will be a voice out in the desert crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. There's going to be a voice. A prophet is going to come to God's people, is going to come to the Israelites, and is going to proclaim the coming of Jesus Christ or the coming of the Messiah. So the people of Israel know that they have to look for this prophet, and when this prophet comes, the Messiah won't be long behind him. Now, if I was an Israelite, and someone told me that they were going to have a prophet who was going to be, who was going to be shouting, prepare the way of the Lord, who's going to be inviting the coming of the Messiah, I would have never thought that John the Baptist was going to be that character. I would have thought that they would have picked somebody who could like preach or who, would, who was a, a profound teacher or, or something along those lines. Instead, we get John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist, there's a couple of things about him that we hear about in today's Gospel. He's out in the desert. He lives in the desert. He, pro- he does his ministry in the desert. So i got a feeling there's a couple of things about John that, that we can kind of deduce from that. One, uh, he probably has a really nice, nice gross beard going. He's probably got some like shaggy hair going. And he probably hasn't bathed in a while. So if I had to guess... He's probably very hairy and he stinks. Another thing about John the Baptist, he's got camel's hair on. That's not the most comfortable thing, a leather belt. So he's walking around in this this camel hair onesie. And then we hear about his diet that he's eating locusts and wild honey. So he, he, he eats bugs and honey. So he's eating bugs dressed in camel's hair, stinks, and it looks crazy. And that's who's going to call ahead of the Messiah. That's going to be the voice in the desert crying out. If I was an Israelite, I probably would have had a hard time listening to him. Because the the prophet that God actually sent was different than my expectations. The prophet that God actually sent looked like an Amazon Chinese ripoff of a prophet. I think for us, a lot of times our expectations can get in the way of what God actually wants to do in our life. What we expect, or what we define as success, or what we have as our plan a lot of times can be the thing that gets in the way of us actually listening to what God has for us. It gets in the way of of God actually doing a miracle, of actually working in our lives and bringing healing and bringing the peace that we need. As as one of my jobs in in the diocese, I work as a vocations director. And as the vocations director, a lot of times we'll hear different a lot of times in, in priest circles, one of the first questions I get when we start talk, talking about seminarians is, hey, how many guys are coming in next year? How many guys are coming in next year? Because it, it, it's really easy to define success in that ministry as how many more people are coming to be priests. Well, I was at, a, I was at a, a conference with a bunch of vocations directors from around the United States, and at it there was a priest that was talking and he said, 
just, just imagine for a moment that you are doing everything you're supposed to do. Just imagine for a moment that you are doing everything you're supposed to do. That you are praying every day. That you are got, you've got other people praying for vocations. That you, are, that you are doing all the promotional stuff. You're hosting the retreats. All of the things that God is asking you to do. Just imagine you are listening to the Lord's invitation and doing everything exactly how He wants you to do it. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, that's what I try and do. All right. And the priest said, now imagine that no one enters the seminary. That no one decides to go in. That the way in which we define success a lot of times in that ministry, that no one does it. And then imagine that you did, that happens not for one year, not just for two years, but for three years. You do everything you're supposed to do, and no one responds. I remember sitting there for a moment, kind of like, that, that hurts. And the priest, he made a very beautiful point. He said, is it enough to be faithful? Is it enough to do what God was asking you to do? Or do you need the worldly success? I think for us, as we keep going through this Advent season, as we, start to, as we start to introduce some of, these, some of these major characters, some of these major players in the coming of the Messiah, like John the Baptist, I think it's an important thing for us to take a moment and just reflect on, is being faithful to the Gospel enough? Or do we need earthly success? Mother Teresa once said, beautiful statement, God does not ask us to be successful. He simply asks for us to remain faithful. How do we define our relationship with God? Like, how do we say, my relationship with God is good? Is it earthly success or is it faithfulness to his gospel? Is it, is it, is it my, my plans being blessed and everything in my life going right? Getting the promotion and the job? And being able to take off the darn mask? Is that a success? Or am I called to first and foremost be faithful? The best test of how faithful we are or how much we are, we're willing to dive into the life of being faithful is the proclamation that John the Baptist spoke today. When John the Baptist is preaching, people were going out to see him in the desert in droves. People were going out repeatedly. Why? Because they wanted to be baptized. What was the symbol of baptism? What did it do? It was meant to be a sign that said they were repentant of their sins. See, if we want to be faithful, one of the first things that we do and one of the be most beautiful things that we can do during this Advent season is to come before our Lord and to just dump all of our stuff out. To be cleaned out of all of the stuff, all of the junk, all of the sin that we have committed. Whether it's stuff that we do to other people or we forget to do for other people. 
right? The, the, one of the best things that we can possibly do to prepare a place for the Lord, to prepare a way for the Lord to come into our lives, is to first clear everything out. You would never put really, really good wine in a dirty cup. The Lord wants to offer us the, all of the grace that we can possibly imagine this Christmas season. And not us just as a church, but us individually. Because so e- it's so easy for us as a church a lot of times to say we are in Advent and we're going through and Jesus is coming for us at, at, at Christmas. That the Messiah is coming to have an impact on us as the church. Those are all true. But Jesus Christ wants to have a personal encounter with you on Christmas Day. And the way that happens is for each of us individually to clear a space for Him. For each of us to come to Him and to open our hearts to Him so that He can have a real impact on our life. By making that space, by not coming to Him with an expectation of what that might look like, but by completely abandoning our will to His, the Lord can really do some major work. The Lord can really bear the fruit that He wants in our life. It may not look like what we would expect. It may not look like our plan or what we would define as success. But ultimately, a life of being faithful bears fruit not for this world only, but for eternal life. It prepares us to receive the Lord as we are prepared to be received by the Lord at the end of our life. So today, when we come to Mass, when we come and experience a little Advent of sorts, because when we start Mass, one of the first things we do, we confess our sins. When we come to Mass, we we make a space for Him and we get to receive Him in the flesh, in the sacrament. When we come to Mass, we're, we're, we're reaffirming with our lives that, Lord, I don't, I don't care about worldly success. I don't care about my worldly plans as much as I care about being faithful to You. Mother Teresa had it right. She had it very right. That we're not called to be successful. We're simply called to be faithful. May today the Lord impact our life that we may be more faithful, that we may be more devoted to Him, and we may receive Him anew at Christmas.